Hello and welcome to the Irish American History Podcast. My name is Alice. In our last episode, we looked at the earliest known immigration movements from Ireland to colonial America. These movements resulted from many factors, including social pressures like the penal laws and economic pressures such as famine and the collapse of certain trade markets. Additionally, we looked at some of the reasons that many Catholic Irish chose not to emigrate, despite the tremendous oppression they experienced in Ireland. In this episode, we will take a brief look at the different settlement patterns of Irish immigrants in colonial America. We'll examine the reasons why certain places appealed more to the incoming Irish, the communities they established in these areas, and the types of labor they engaged in. Before we begin, however, I would like to speak on a very important topic regarding Irish immigration before we start. Throughout the episode, and likely through many others, there will be mentions of indentured servitude. As a historian, I take my research very seriously and have spent a lot of time looking into this topic. There are some who would liken the indentured servitude of the Irish to the slave trade. The primary difference between the two systems is that slaves are considered the legal property of someone and are forced to work for them, while indentured servants sign a contract in which they agree to work for a period of time in exchange for agreed-upon amenities. Often these amenities include transportation, food, clothing, and shelter. During their contract time, indentured servants maintain their personal liberties. This is vastly different from the enslaved as they are stripped of their rights and liberties. Furthermore, the enslaved person's children will also be enslaved, while indentured servants do not experience such a transfer. I'm taking so much time to discuss this topic because it is an extremely sensitive and often controversial topic. I want to make it abundantly clear from the beginning that this podcast will not indulge any idea that equates the experiences of Irish indentured servants with that of enslaved African peoples. Now, with all that said, let's begin. The settlement patterns of Irish immigrants in colonial America varied across different regions. While Irish settlers could be found in various parts of the colonies, several areas had significant concentrations of Irish communities, such as Pennsylvania, New York, and the southern colonies along the Tidewater area and Appalachia. Half of these immigrants during the early colonial era came from Ulster, with the rest coming from the other Irish provinces of Leinster, Munster, and Connacht. During the 17th century, the colony saw mostly Catholic male indentured servants. This would change in the 18th century, and the colonies would see the rise of a Protestant majority. Pennsylvania, particularly Philadelphia, attracted numerous Irish immigrants during the colonial period, most of them were Presbyterians who came from the northern and eastern counties of Ulster, that's Antrim, Derry, and Down. Interestingly, before 1741, about 80% of these immigrants paid their own way to America by selling the unexpired leases they had on their land. After 1741, famine and a struggling economy caused most immigrants to travel as indentured servants. This was so common a practice that 1740s Pennsylvania saw 9 in 10 Irish working as indentured servants. 
While we may think immediately of Boston or New York as being heavily Irish, the majority of Irish during the 18th century settled in Pennsylvania. Founded in 1681 by William Penn, Irish Presbyterians found a home in the religiously tolerant Pennsylvania. This religious tolerance was perhaps the strongest pull for these Irish Presbyterians, also known as Scots-Irish, as Puritan New England, New York, and New Jersey wanted little to do with them. Despite being fellow Calvinists, the Scots-Irish were viewed as illiterate, dirty, and not in line with puritanical standards, so the welcoming nature of Pennsylvania was their best option and helped Ulster and Philadelphia maintain a healthy trade network. Here, they established tight-knit communities, forming organizations and societies to preserve their cultural and religious traditions. Many Irish immigrants in Pennsylvania worked as laborers, artisans, and skilled tradespeople. They played a vital role in the construction of infrastructure, including roads, bridges, and buildings. Some immigrants also pursued farming and agricultural activities, contributing to the region's agricultural development. However, these agricultural pursuits were not easy, and the farmers had to work exceedingly hard just to get by. Furthermore, there were tense relationships between the Susquehannock, Delaware, and Shawnee tribes because, after all, these settlers were moving into tribal lands and were often rightly seen as squatters. Despite the welcoming and tolerant Quakers, life for the Irish settlers in Pennsylvania was challenging at best. To the east of Pennsylvania, New York City and the surrounding areas were another significant destination for Irish immigrants in colonial America. The city's location along the Hudson River and the Atlantic Ocean made for an ideal port. Trade with Ireland was healthy, with flaxseed being the area's greatest export. The Irish population in New York grew substantially during the 18th century, with the majority being Anglo-Irish as opposed to Ulster-Irish. As such, the Anglican Church reigned supreme in New York during this time. Catholic Irish, as we discussed in the previous episode, were scarce, most of these immigrants came from Dublin and quickly began working as skilled tradesmen, artisans, and physicians. It was also during this time that the Irish began to get involved in politics. The first governor of New York, George Clinton, was elected in 1777. New York Irish in 1741 also began celebrating one of modern America's favorite holidays, St. Patrick's Day. The celebration grew year after year to include a parade complete with fife and drums and eventually became one of the biggest parades in the nation. Irish immigrants began to settle in neighborhoods that would come to be known as Five Points and the Lower East Side, in which they formed distinct Irish communities. These immigrants were involved in various occupations, including manual labor, domestic work, construction, and trades. Next, we're going to take a closer look at the Chesapeake colonies of Maryland and Virginia, as well as the Carolinas, where we'll examine the unique challenges faced by Irish immigrants there. Maryland offered a unique space for Irish immigrants. While other colonies were passing laws to prohibit or dissuade Irish Catholics from settling in their areas, Maryland took a different view. In 1639, the General Assembly of the province of Maryland began passing laws aimed at protecting religious freedoms. They strengthened these laws in 1649, 
with the passing of the Maryland Toleration Act, which specifically guaranteed these protections for Catholics. As a result, in 1650, all five Catholic churches that held regular services in the colonies could be found in Maryland. Virginia immigrants arrived looking for more available land. Most had tried in Pennsylvania, but since most landed in the colonies with little financial assets, they were forced to flee the area's steadily increasing land values and eventually made their way down to the southern colonies. Not all who arrived in Virginia stayed, however, and some pushed onward to the Carolinas. The unique skill set of the Ulster Scot-Irish allowed them to adapt and even thrive in the harsh tidewater area. These skills came about due to the Scottish and Northern Irish battles with England. The people in these areas not only knew how to fight, but also how to live in an area that would be subjected to battles. Still, as these immigrants pushed forward ever deeper into Appalachia, they encountered a familiar system. There was a great disparity between the Scots-Irish and those who controlled the local government. The English aristocracy was well established in these southern colonies, which began with the founding of Jamestown in 1607. They primarily settled in rural areas and frontier regions, where they played a significant role in agricultural development. The Scots-Irish contributed to the expansion of the colonial frontier through farming, livestock rearing, and establishing small subsistence farms. They became known for their self-sufficiency and resilience, adapting to the challenging conditions of the frontier. The Carolinas experienced their own special situation regarding immigrants. Ulster Scots and Scottish Highlanders had both decided to make the Carolinas their home. Though the two groups came originally from the same country, they could not have been more culturally different. Their style of dress was different, their manner of speaking was different, and their political beliefs were different. When it came time for the American Revolution, the Scottish Highlanders sided with the Crown, while the Scots-Irish were staunch supporters of independence. Both groups began to settle the area in the 18th century. The Ulster-Irish created interconnected log cabin settlements that resembled fortresses. They built churches and continued to practice their Presbyterian faith. Over time, they spread out to Evangelical Baptist and Methodist groups. The Irish communities in colonial America participated in various economic activities, including agriculture, trade, craftsmanship, and labor-intensive industries. They also played a crucial role in the construction and development of infrastructure, such as roads, canals, and buildings. The efforts by these communities contributed greatly to the local economies and aided the colonies in creating a framework which would ultimately provide the means for revolution. Everywhere they went, these Irish immigrants made a lasting impression on colonial America. In our next episode, I want to take a closer look at the challenges faced by Irish immigrants in colonial America. We've touched briefly on this topic, but there were numerous obstacles to assimilation for the Irish. It is important we establish a strong foundational knowledge of this first wave of immigrants so we can put their roles and efforts in the Revolutionary War into perspective. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I thank you for listening.